This is Stephen Lee, candidate for state representative, District House 60. And I'm in departments with Pale. Hey, Pale. Meet me at the apartment. <laughs> Yo, it's your boy Pale, live from DJ House Studios. And we in the apartment with Pale. Meet me in the apartments. Listen, I love my city. Only thing I love more than Atlanta is the west side of Atlanta. Shout out to Bankhead. Lonely or Suarez, rest easy. Shout out low. Rest easy, buddy, a.k.a. We Fly. Listen, man, everything I do, I, I do it for my hood. I do it for my community. I do it for my people. I do it for the people who don't have a voice. I do it for the people who don't know how to use what they're thinking in their head and apply it. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I use everything that I'm doing and everything that I come from motivates me to continue to just help people. You know what I'm saying? And throughout everything I've been doing since the beginning of my career, I've always been reaching out and helping back in my community and the people in my community and everybody around me. I'm just trying to bring everybody up because that's what you're supposed to do. Each one teach one. You learn something in order to teach somebody else something. You don't learn something to keep all the information yourself. It don't work like that. You learn things to pass the information on. So if you're learning something, you're not passing the information on, then you're being selfish. So how can if you be selfish, how can you want blessing to come for you? But if you're not blessed with somebody else, so it, it go all the way around in the circle. And I say that to say that my next guest, um, he's on a journey right now to continue to use his platform and his voice to continue to help people in the certain community and help our people. Um, the same thing I'm doing. The funny thing about this is that 18 years ago, I'm not going to say we started this walk, but our path merged to start this walk together. Because 18 years ago, he was serving the community um, in Bankhead Courts um, right when I started rapping and White T was like really popping. And I ended up doing the event that he hosted 18 years ago. Now you fast forward, I'm here with a platform doing the same thing. He's here with a, with a um, mouth and with a voice that, to speak to the people. And now we merging the same thing. So I'd like to welcome my next guest, Stephen Lee, to the show. Thank you for having me here in the apartments. Yeah. I'm happy to be here and uh wow, this is exciting. Yeah, man. Hey, thank you for thank you for being here, man. What a journey. Wow. What a what a journey. What what a journey. And I know it's I know so many things has transpired since that picture oh. and now. Wow. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And I really want to get figure out um and ask you and get a chance to know the things that happen in between to lead you up to this point right now. You know what I'm saying? Because I understand that. I know it was in your heart, because like I said, you've been giving back to kids, been doing this all over Atlanta. You know what I'm saying? But I know to do this for 18 years really has to be something that you really care about. Because nobody does something for 18 years and has, does, doesn't have a love for it. 26. 26. 26 years. 26 years. 26 years in the game right now, and it's been um, it's been a journey. It's, um, they, call, well, they call it ebbs and flows, mm -hmm. but it's been a journey that I wouldn't trade for nothing in the world. I'm still running into adults now that were kids back in the day that I pretty much have raised, and they're still coming up to me and saying, you remember me, you remember me, you kept me off the streets, you did this, you did that. And it was absolutely an amazing just to watch them and see where they are now. Uh, it's amazing to be able to see that. And I'm 
you know, I'm a lot heavier and thicker right now. I mean, I think me too. <laughs> we, we were like half the size of where we were back then, but you know, it's been an amazing journey and, uh, the nonprofit has been just 26 years old right now through the nonprofit and, and it's still going. And so we are, we're blessed to do that. And with this new platform that I'm doing is you have to be able to put yourself in places that's going to represent the people that you say you go, that you love and the community that you say you're going to love. So this is my second stint at being a public public officer. I've served as the board of education member uh, from 2013 to 2017 because I didn't feel as though that the kids in, in our system, in our, in our community was given the opportunities and the exposure. So I got on the board of education and I gave them that attention and I worked that. Um, and while I was on the board of education, I came right after the, um, the cheating scandal. Yes. Uh, and so we worked with that and from a 55% graduation rate, by the time I left out in four years, we was at about 80% graduation rate. So we was able to do that and we was able to work with young people and gave them opportunities and exposure. You know, we sent over 500 kids to college in four years that they never thought that they would be able to go to school. And we sent them to college. Uh, they're graduating and they're coming back and, and just wonderful stories and experience. But now it's time for me to take a look at another segment. Um, we are now sitting here and, I think one of the things that has happened with this pandemic is that it's exposed a lot of things that is not going on in our community. I agree. And so we have to start making that right. And we have to start having people in those positions to be able to make that right. And so here I am on this journey again, going out and saying, Hey, we want to, we want to do this and cause we want to make it right for the community. And so that's where I am right now. And, Everything you just said led you up to running for state representative of District 60. Can you tell us how did you decide to actually run for this seat and, and, and what drove you to actually say, um, this is what I'm going to do next? Well, I think what happened was the pandemic happened when the federal government started sending money down to the states that said this money is for these particular type of communities. This money is for these things. And that money never trickled down into the communities that I thought it should be trickling down into. Um, so when you make the calls and you ask the questions and you don't get a response, then they get, they get frustrated. And some of, I said this at the barbershop, we had a barbershop town hall a couple of weeks ago. If you don't know that there's money out there for you, then you're going to lose your home. You're going to lose your business. Your kids are going to suffer. Your community is going to suffer, suffer because you don't know that there's money and resources out there. And as the state representative for that district, it is your responsibility to bring those resources back to that community and say, hey, we have these resources. Let me show you what it takes in order to get that, and let's make this happen. And that's not been going on. It's not been happening in our community, and our community is suffering. I don't live in Buckhead. I still live in the West Side. I still live there, and that's for 25 years I've been there. And it's time out for us to just allow things to not happen, and we just don't do anything about it. So it's election time, and here I am. 
you know. And so election starts, early voting starts Monday. But it's time out for us to just just let it go and not do anything about it. So we have to be able to put things out there. We have to have a, a representative that's accessible, that's accountable. Thanks. You know what I'm saying? That's industrious. That's going to bring resources to the community. That's going to help get jobs, and not just any jobs, but good-paying jobs with livable wages in the community where we are. Because that's what that's what our elected officials are supposed to do, and we have to hold them accountable to doing that. And the only way, and, and the only way to hold elected officials accountable is for you to elect them. If you're not one of the people who's speaking for them on their behalf and voting for them to get in there then you can't be responsible responsible of holding them accountable, especially if you don't know who the person is. You know what I'm saying? So the best exactly. way it is to figure out who you like and, and vote them in so then you know what type of person that you're dealing with. So when it's time to speak, you know that this person is really going to speak to me. This person saying he's going to speak to me, but last time they did, he did this, he ain't speak to the people. I don't want to go through that. You get a chance to learn that. Um, can you tell us exactly what um, your um, – State representative would um, be acquiring you to do in your if, as far as your job title. Like, what would your job be to do? Would it be to um, um, allocate the funds around to go get the funds to oversee what's going on? Like, exactly what would you be doing? All of if that. Elected? All of that. But the main thing is, the state representative passes the laws for the state. We approve the budget for the state. That's what you do for the 40 days that you're in session. Okay. But for the other 325 days of the year, your job is to represent your district, to make sure your district is having the resources that they need in order to be successful. You cannot represent what you don't know. All right. And I, and I say this all the time, you can't represent what you don't know. If you don't if you if you don't even go into the communities and you don't go into the areas that you know in that 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 is in need, how do you represent those people? Exactly. So, you know, I'm not afraid to go into those environments. I've been doing it for the last 25 years. I've been doing it. I see what the need is and I represent that need. Our elderly, our elderly in our district is suffering. They have to make decisions of whether they want to pay their bills or buy their medicine. medicine. All right. Exactly, and yes. medicine don't do you any good if you can't afford it. Exactly. All right. You know what I'm saying? So we've got to make sure that we are, we're looking out for our seniors. Some of our seniors are being priced out of their own communities that they've lived in all of their lives. But because of this regentrification and taxes, they're, they're being pushed out. We've got to make up, we've got to pass a law that says that those legacy residents, those ones that's been there all their lives living in the community, we're not going to allow them to just get pushed out. Nah. That, that's not going to happen, you know? And then our young people. My passion, Pale, is, is, is real simple. But elderly and the young people. And that's, that's just where I am. We, we got to make sure our young people have some resources. We got to make sure that they are put in a position to where they can do things that's not destructive. You know, we just started for the city of Atlanta, uh, and I'm grateful for it, for Mayor Andre Dickens and uh, our council person, Andrea Boone. They just started Midnight Basketball. Yeah, yeah Adamville. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah. that's fantastic. Yeah. Okay? Because yeah. that's going to keep a lot of people off the street. That's going to give them something to do. And I've said for years, there's two things that I really truly believe that can stop 60 to 75% of the crime in this city, and that's music and sports. 
Exactly. If you give them something to do, you give them that opportunity, they will rise to the occasion. So as the state representative, I'm not going to say I want to be down at the Capitol and I want to pass the laws and I want to do all that. That's part of my job, yes, for those 40 days. But for those other 325 days, I'm going to be in the community making a difference. I want to be accessible. I want to be visible. I want people to know that they have a representative, not just during the time of elections, but every day. And I want to know what keeps them up at night. I want to know what keeps the residents of District 60 up at night, what concerns them, and I want to address those issues. What, what, dish, what, um, what area forms District 60? District 60 is a very, very long district. It goes to the bottom part of Buckhead. Mm-hmm. It follows all the way down into District 9, which is uh, Bankhead, uh, Bowen Homes area. It goes into District 10, which is Adamsville, MLK, H.E. Holmes area, Collier Heights. It goes into District 11, which is um, Cascade Road. Uh, and it goes all the way into the early part of South Fulton. So basically, it's basically it's basically made up of the west side and then what the people in Buckhead call now the upper west side. Exactly. So that's what it is, the west side and the upper west side. West side and upper west side and then goes into South Fulton. To south, yeah, mm-hmm. okay. Exactly. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. So just put a clarification so people can understand because then all my viewers who are watching, I can tell people exactly who you're going to be affecting to uh, affecting so these people can understand the importance of what's going on in their community. Right. This is the person for your community. So if right. you stay in one of these areas on the west side, South Fulton, anywhere right there between the East Point all the way, 285 area, you know what I'm saying? If you stay in there, Stephen Lee is the man that you need to be listening to getting to learn and understanding because this is a person who's been in the community for 25 years as he state. You know what I'm saying? And I ran into him 18 years ago. And you know, so, so for him to still be doing the same thing, I think that that speaks volumes. And I think we need more people from our community like you to take that step and say, I'm going to use myself. I'm going to give myself to the community for we, so we can have better. I don't think it's enough of us. It's a lot of us who have voices. It's a lot of us who have platforms, but it's not a lot of us who really put ourselves in the forefront and, and um, to to be that one who who helps everybody comes. And I just want to mean you on that and salute you on doing that. Um, just tell everybody a little bit um, about where you're from, where you grew up at. So I'm originally from Mississippi, a little small country town, cornbread fed boy from Mississippi. Mm-hmm. Uh, I graduated from Alcorn State University, um, and I left Mississippi and. I went to Chicago, to Oregon, California, and then when my mom got ill, I came to Atlanta so I could be closer to uh, home in Mississippi. Mm -hmm. And ever since I've been here in Atlanta, my first year here in Atlanta, my mother came down to visit. And it was because of her that I started the nonprofit organization 25 years ago. It was because of her. Um, I lived in an apartment on, on, on the west side off of Peyton Road. Peyton Road. Um, and my mother came down to visit. And when I was at work, I came home and every kid in the apartment complex was sitting on my steps. And my mother was there and she was reading to the kids. And the apartment manager called me over and she said, you know, your mother can't do that because you're on the front right here and one of those kids are going to get hit. So I was like, what are you talking about? Because I hadn't been home yet. And I looked over there, and all of those kids was there in their apartment. I said, what are y'all doing here? Because Big Mama said, I'm like, Big Mama? So I said, Mom, you can't have these kids out here like that. 
So the next day, I came home. They weren't there. I was like, okay. But they was on the back side, of the back <laughs> part of the house. It was a whole plaza full of kids, just kids of all ages. And all of the elderly women in the community was out there. They was cooking for them. The kids wasn't running around in the apartment complex or nothing like that. And so she told me, she said, you need to find something for these kids to do. But those are not my kids. Those are not my kids. I didn't have this desire 26 years ago to do this. This was because she said do it. And so we started that. So what was the first thing? So, okay, mom dude saying, listen, I ran to these kids. They listening. You need to find something for them to do. What is the first thing in your head that you said? What can I? What was the thing that you said I can do to help them? Well, it was it was a great idea, but it wasn't mine. So <laughs> it's I mean, okay. I, I, I'll, I'll take it because you know, but it was not my idea. So we had a um, we had a what do they call it? The community center at the apartment complex, but it wasn't open. The community center was a storage place, and my mother asked what was that and I said I think it's a community center but it's never been open. So she went down there to the apartment complex and she told those people she needed that open. She said, "Well, you can use it, but it's got a lot of stuff in it." So she went back up a little bit. The little kids couldn't play basketball on the basketball court because there was gang members and drug dealers and all of that and they just wouldn't let the kids come up and play basketball. So four ladies Four elderly ladies, my mother and three other ladies, went up there to the basketball court and told all of those gang members and drug dealers, from this time to this time, I want y'all off of the basketball court because the kids are going to come play basketball. And they looked Sorry. at them. Okay. Sorry. And they would go up. She would go up there, and the other ladies would go up there and sit during that time and that time, and all of them would get off the basketball court and let the kids play ball. You know, and so that's when she noticed that, that building. And when the apartment complex gave her permission for that building, she had those gang members and drug dealers to come in there and empty all of that stuff out of that building and put it in the trash. And that's how we opened up our very first center. We opened after-school programs. We started the basketball program. We, and all the kids from all around in the community would come to that thing. You know, and so that's how it started. And then we grew from that out. We grew out of that building and went to Bankhead Courts in the Marshall Walker Community Center. And that's where I met you yep. uh, and all the rest of them franchise boys and a whole bunch of other artists that would come up. And we had the largest summer camp from 13 to 17 years of old, yes. years of age. We had that. We had hundreds of kids. And we had programs for them, computer classes for them, training programs for them. And every Wednesday – we would have guest performers and guest people to come in, and you guys were gracious enough to do that. And those kids still remember that. And we've sent people to college. We've sent people, got people their high school diploma through GED, uh, got them job trainings. So that went on, and then we had the, the need because then a lot of those kids now at that point was 17, 18 years old. Some of them had gotten into trouble, but they couldn't find jobs. So we got a contract with the Atlanta Falcons, the Atlanta Hawks, the Atlanta Braves, and we got concession contracts mm. for all of those. And we employed over 200 kids every summer to work at Turner Field and at the Georgia Dome and at uh, State Farm Arena and working concessions. Uh, and they 
they worked pretty much the whole year, kept them out of trouble, kept them focused, and that saved a lot of young people from going down the wrong path. And I get I get told that story over and over again when I meet them young men at the barbershop. They say, you don't remember me, do you? I said, no, because you don't look like you used to look when you was 10 and 11. You're, yeah, yeah. you're 30 years old no, now, yeah. so you're a little bit different. <laughs> mm-hmm. But they said, yeah, I remember when you used to run us up and down the court and you used to make us do this for basketball and and we we did all of these things. And I said, yep, okay. And I, I kept all of the pictures. As you saw, I kept I every picture that I've taken for all of these kids for the last 25 years is still in my phone. And when they say they was a part of something, I would go back in my phone and I would look and I would show them themselves when where they were. And they yeah, were you like, just did it to me. Right, you just right, did it to me. Right. So, well, if you, you were well, you were the group. Well, you remember this because they came down and they performed in me um, form and then my thing at Bankhead Court. I was like, yeah, I remember going down to Bankhead Court performing for the kids. I know all the kids down there, and I remember that. And you showed me that picture. I'm like, wow. Yeah. Like, wow, I was little. Right. You know, I think I was, <laughs> but you know, and it goes all to all that to say, Parlay, it's like I'm not new to this. You know, I'm I'm not doing it because I need the attention, because I'm good with with who I am. I mean, I'm all good. I'm good with I could go to work and go home and I would be okay. But when you've made that statement, if you have a voice and you've been blessed and you have been given that blessing, you can't sit on it. Can't sit. On you it. can't sit on it because if you do, then it's 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 just going to stop with you. So is. I'm going to tell you a story right quick, if you don't mind. Go ahead. Love stories. While I was on the Board of Education, we had a, a program at Mays High School. Uh, so I went to say thank you because a lot of the vendors came and set up a little program, little events, and, uh, and then we had a, a homeless program that came and was acting as a um, – it was helping set up, and it was called Georgia Works. So I went over and I was shaking the hands to those people because I know, you know, sometimes – Homeless people don't get a lot of attention and whatever the case may be. So I wanted to make sure I recognized them and thanked them for it, took pictures with them and put it on a uh, you know, school board website. But when I went there, there was this young man, 19 years old, and he was the youngest one in the group, and everybody else was, like, older and looked like they had had a really, really rough life. And so I asked him, I said, so what are you doing here? You know, why, what circumstances have gotten you into this situation at how old are you? He says, 19. I said, so I don't understand. He says, well, I went to prison at 17. I just got out of prison. I'm now 19. When I got out of prison, I didn't have anywhere to go. So I got in this program, and I'm in this homeless program. That didn't sit well with me. I just, in here, it just didn't work right. So I went back to him and I said, do you have a high school diploma? He said, yes. I said, do you want to go to college? And he looked at me and was like, what? I said, do you want to go to college? He said, I don't think you heard me. I just got out of prison. I am homeless. I live in a homeless shelter. I said, I heard you. I said, but what I want to know is, do you want to go go to college? college? (laughs) You know, and he was like, well, if I want to go to college, well, I say, if you want to go to college, I'm going to send you to college. All right? Because I don't think you need, this is not where you need to be. Two weeks later, he called back and said, is that offer still available? I said, yes. So I sent that young man to college. He didn't have to pay a dime. I gave him a scholarship, sent him to college. 
sent him to Little Rock, Arkansas, Arkansas Baptist College. I made a call there, and I told the president, I've got a young man that I want to send to you. I said, I don't need him to go through any stress or anything, but I just need him in that, in that school. He says, all right, he's in. Sent him up there. He graduated with a two-year degree, had a 3.7 GPA. When he graduated from that college, he wanted to get his bachelor's degree. He wanted to be an RN. But because of his past, colleges here in Georgia wouldn't let him come to college because of his past. So we made the call, and the University of Arkansas in Little Rock said, yes, we will take him. Gave him another scholarship, and he went there. He just graduated with a bachelor's degree in biology. A month after he graduated, he got a job offer as a scientist, and he's in Daytona Beach living his best life. That's what reaching down and picking somebody up looks like. Thanks. That's what makes that's what makes a makes difference. It real. You see what I'm saying? So when you have people in office that don't know the community, then they're not serving the community. You got to know where, you got to know the need of the community so you can serve the community. All right? And so if I'm going to get the calls to serve, then I need you to move out of the way and let us serve. Uh, Herman Cain is a Republican guy that used to be on the radio. He passed away from COVID. But he used to make a statement. Them that's going, get on the wagon. Them that ain't, move out the way. Talk, say it again for the people in the back who ain't listening. Them that's going, get on the wagon. Them that ain't, move out of the way. Because it's time now for us to stop all of this and move our district forward. Move this state forward. Unite this area, unite this community, and move it forward. And that's why I'm running for state representative. Oh, that's powerful, man. Like, um... This ain't since I've been into the since I've been into politics. It's not rocket science. Not rocket science. You know what I'm saying? Mm-mm. It's all about understanding the people who care. And if you if you always listen to people what they say they're gonna do instead of talking about the things they have done, that's when it becomes a problem. So me learning these things, I teach these things to my viewers. If you hear somebody talking about what they're going to do for you all the time instead of talking about the things they done done already and how they're going to reoccur the events, then that might not be a person you need to listen to. Because ever since you've been up here talking about, uh, ever since you've been sitting here and we've been talking about all this, not one time have you ever went into, oh, I'm going to do this. If I get, if y'all vote me, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. Everything you say has been over these 26 years, these are things that I've been doing. It's the only time to serve the people, and that's what I want to do, continue to help people like that. That's why I think that your son told you to come here because I think what you bring resonates to the people of our community. And and these people that you're talking about is the people that watch me. It's the people who don't see me go through my transgressions, who don't see me go through my murder charges, who don't see me go through my trafficking charges, who don't see me go through the wild stages, who don't see me become this football coach of a program, who don't see me become, um, I call it it, um, media personnel now. You know what I'm saying? With my podcast. They see my growth. And and, and 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 I think that when people get a chance to see and to feel you and to understand things you did, they connect with you better. And that makes a better relationship. 
It makes a stronger community. It makes a stronger bond. So everything that you're doing right now, Steve, continue to keep doing it. Don't let it, don't stop. Whatever you need from me, I'm here to, to help you and continue to serve this community any way we can. Life is about connecting. Your network is your net worth. The people that you're connecting with and talking to and reaching out to are going to be the people that you build with. So if you're not reaching out to somebody who's on top of their business, how can you expect to build business? That's, That's what right. I'm saying. That's right. So God brought us together. He brought us here for a reason. Again. 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 So we, so we can continue to keep building on his purpose for us. Well, this is what I need you to help me with. The 18 to 35-year age group, the voting, the numbers for those people that's voting is in the single digits. But all of the laws that are being passed, it's for them. It's for them. It affects them. It don't affect me. Or the younger. Uh, you know, uh, you know but, but the 18 to 35-year-olds, it's going to affect them the most. And I need them to be more engaged and involved in the process. So I am going to break the tradition to say if I'm elected, this is one thing that I'm going to do because I can't do it if, unless I'm elected. But if I am elected, and I, and I hope I am, one of the first things that I'm going to do is I'm going to start a youth council from the 18 to 35-year-old, well, 18 to 25-year-olds and the 26 to 35-year-old councils. And I'm going to meet with those people quarterly so that I can understand what it is that they are going through and what they need so that they can be engaged and involved in the process. Because when you engage them in the process, then it makes a difference for them. They, they got a stake in the game. They got skin in the game. You can't just keep telling them, do this, do this, do this. You got to make a part of it. You got to make them a part make of a part what's of going on. Yes. Say, this is a situation. Now, how do you want to handle that? What, what's your recommendation of what you want us to do and how do we want us to handle that? So when we start looking at that, looking at it from their eyes, looking at it from their viewpoint, you can make a lot of things happen and make things change. Because we can't sit here and make laws and affect, expect them to just go along with the system. And that's what's going on right now. Because mm -hmm. they're, not, they're not at the table. I want to put them at the table so that when I'm speaking, I'm speaking for them because I've heard them. I've been there. I've heard them. And that way, things can change because they're like, okay, we know what this is about. And until we can do that, we're going to be in trouble. So I need them all to get out and go to the polls and vote. Get out, man. You know, Go vote, and man. And not just vote, but once they vote, I need them to hold the person that they voted for accountable. accountable. Ask them the questions. And if they're not being held accountable, then fire me. If you elect me as a state representative and this is what we're promising that we're going to do, and in two years I come back to you and say I'm doing my, 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 job, my job performance, and if I haven't done my job, then I need you to fire me. Because that's what happens. If you got a job and if you don't do your job, yeah, you get you your get appraisal, yeah, you, you get your that. review, yep. and they say, we're going to I'm sorry, we're gonna have to let you go. Yeah, you get that you don't you get get to little time. Uh, you don't get to keep doing to get your time. You know? That little time that went by. You right. don't seen enough. We don't, you don't get to sit in office for 17 years and don't have anything to fall back on to say you've done. 
It's time out for that. So we're working towards it. We're knocking on doors every day. We're, we're meeting the people where they are. We're listening to them. We're talking to them. And I'm taking back with me when I go all of the information from the streets, from the communities, so we understand. And most of the people that I be out, they know me. They see me. They've been seeing me. They used to, all they used to call me was coach because I, I always coach basketball, coach football, and that's that, all they, they ever do they was name was coach. The they know me from the community. They know you from the community. But we got to get them, and they're registered already. They're already registered. They just, like you said earlier, they just registered, but they're not voting. So we need them to exercise that right to vote so we can start making some changes. Man, I just want to say, man, thank you for doing what you've been doing in this community, uh, especially District 60. Uh, continue to build on what you're building on. Continue to use your voice to speak out like you're speaking out, man, and to speak for. Um, tell everybody where they can follow you at. So uh, <laughs> I am at my website is Lee, F-O-R 60, Lee 460.com. Um, uh, it's the same thing on uh, Facebook, Lee for Georgia House 60, and on Instagram, Lee for Georgia House 60. Uh, so we're, we're, we're there. Uh, our campaign headquarters is at 2001 MLK in the middle of, in the middle of, in the middle <laughs> of the west side. You already know. I'm yeah. not moving yeah, into somewhere else. That's, that's where I've, that's where my office is. Yeah. That's where my nonprofit is. That's where I've been. And, you know, I do that because I, everybody needs to know where they can find me. And so, yeah. and whenever young people from growing up, I have 30 kids now that have been calling me dad since 1996. So I have four biologicals and 30 additional kids, all sons. All sons. All sons. It's big. You know, and now I've got, between the 30 sons, I've got about 40 grandkids. Oh, man, they've been busy. So, yeah, they've, they've, been, they've been busy. One, got, one gave me six grandsons. Ooh. You know, so, but it's like I'm, so you understand what my house looks like for Christmas and Thanksgiving and the whole nine yards. I got the G-Daddy house, so they all come over and run around in the yard or whatever the case may be. But that's what I was put here for. I put here to stand in the gap and make a difference, and I'm just continuing that process. Man, thank you, man. Um, thank you for coming out, man. Um, Y'all don't heard enough. If this is not enough for you to make a decision, I don't even know what you're doing. You're tripping. We're dealing with information here, and it's enough information for you to understand what you need to do, man. Get out to the polls and go vote, man. With that being said, this your boy Parlay, live from Digi House Studios, and we're in the apartment with Parlay. Meet me in the apartments!